welcome to Slayer Fest 98. I am one of the guests this week. I'm Dana Pickley. I'm the editor of News Is Out, a queer media collaboration, and we have some amazing folks with us, starting with... Hello, it's Crystal. Hi, it's Philip Ellis, back, back, back again. And Ian Carlos Crawford. Dana, you're not a guest. You're a co-host. Oh, I'm the I'm a co-host for Slayer Fest 98. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the one episode that I actually do the expecting where Cordelia gets the mystical pregnancy, you're going to be the host for that episode, oh, Dana. Oh, goodness gracious. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, hi. We are here to talk about episode, God, is this 10? I think it's 10. 10. It's 10. Yeah. 10 parting gifts. Um, so Doyle has left us and, uh, this episode is like a, I think for a transition episode, I think it works really well. Um, what did everyone think of it? Like in general, Crystal, what'd you think? I was pleasantly surprised. I enjoyed it. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I, I think I remember feeling like the introduction of Wesley was a bit ham fisted and that they hadn't necessarily transitioned very well. And I still think I think that, but I also just quite enjoyed the episode and it was nice to have a bit of lightheartedness. I think the show did a lot of Buffyisms and it did them well. Uh, and it just removed a little bit of the overly serious veneer that I think this season has been suffering from. And it was, it was a, it was an enjoyable watch. All right. All right. And I think that's about as positive as I've been about this season so far. I I know. I know. (laughs) Uh, Dana, what'd you think? Okay. So I am, I'm an angel newbie. So this is, this is new for me. Um, am I supposed to like Wesley? (laughs) Because I didn't like him in Buffy, and I'm I when he came on the screen, I was like, I know I'm supposed to like this guy, but I just don't. We'll get there with him. Like, okay, okay. uh, Um, it's very much like uh, there is a Glenn Quinn shaped hole in the cast, and they need another character who's going to come in as comic relief. And actually, Wesley works better when he's less goofy and pathetic, and more actually um, dramatic. Right. So uh, that that was. I mean, yeah, I, I agree with um. With you and with Crystal, where the Wesley introduction is probably the weakest part of the episode. Right. To me, the the I don't know what it was about this episode or the filming or something. It feels dated to me, where a lot of uh, other episodes and, and uh, like Buffy episodes don't feel, I mean, aside from, you know, some of the 90s early aughts fashion, there was something about it that just felt kind of dated. Yes. I, I think a lot of the Angel episodes, especially this season, feel dated in a way that Buffy does not, which is weird to say because, like you mentioned, Dana, the fashion is very of the time on Buffy, but it it feels more like almost timeless because it's of the time and Angel's kind of just like a little flat. Mm-hmm. And like, um, I don't know. But Philip, what do you think of the episode? So I had quite fond memories of this one. Um, I, I, I remember very, very clearly kind of watching the show when it was first airing and, you know, the Doyle death being such a, a shock and then um this kind of being like a nice chaser where it's like it's a way of saying goodbye to that character while also then like introducing wesley and setting up more of what the show is going to be moving forward which is uh cordelia is now the person who has visions and that's going to be the status quo for a long time where Mm. you know wesley's going to be main cast for the rest of the show it's going more in the fantasy and sort of like the underworld beneath la and less just sort of straight cop show mm-hmm. um so it's it's doing a lot of stuff that it's gonna get really really good at um 
and I thought, yeah, as, as a sort of as a, a a follow up to Hero, it was a nice mix of you know we had a little bit of grief and mourning for Doyle, but also some hijinks and some humor in it. Yeah, I think overall it's actually um, held up quite well. I will say this: I think that Angel did a really good job at casting its kind of guest actors. Mm-hmm. Like the guy that plays Barney, I think his name is Maury Sterling. Um, he's really good. Like they have some really solid guests and like kind of recurring characters. Um, just a really nice job done by these actors. Yeah, you know, I actually, that's funny, Dana, because I, even though I've watched this and like, you know, I've gone through the series, Angel is the only series that I like only go through when I'm like making someone watch it for the first time. Like if you're dating me and you haven't watched Buffy, you got to watch both Buffy and Angel. I forgot <laughs> that he's bad. And like, I kept thinking like, Oh, this actor's really good. I wish they had kept him around like as their like demon pal, but then the twist is that he's evil. So they couldn't keep him around, but I almost, so Philip and crystal, I don't know if you two thought about this. I kept thinking like, Oh, he's an empath. Oh, they like trans, they like realized that kind of worked and they transferred it to Lauren in season two. Right. I literally had that in my notes. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it's the first time that I've, because I mean, I, I watched this episode quite recently because I've been making my way through season one for mm. this show. Um, and then I rewatched this specific one today and I was like, oh, it is Lorne. It's like, it, it, even down to like, you know, the horns and the, the sort of yeah. the, um, pattern shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and kind of even like the slightly kind of worldly wise, a um, little bit snarky. And then obviously Lorne goes more into the kind of campy fae side of it. But it's like they're definitely they're figuring stuff out that's going to pay off later. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 They've been tr- they figured out, oh, we've got this. We've got Lorne's straight brother. Let's just bring. Yeah. <laughs> just turn up the dial on gay and uh, I think it'll work. Yeah. I On the Wesley thing as well, Dana, I think. I think you're not supposed to like him, but it's just, I think it's kind of refreshing to see the show leaning into a little bit of the mocking masculinity, which Buffy was so good at. And I think that's, again, what I'm, what I was responding to positively, because it's been so dour and serious up till now. Okay, Angel's had a few moments of brevity and lightness, and he's gotten to get out of it a little bit. But for the most part, it's pretty serious. So it's just nice to have a bit of comic relief. Yeah, totally makes sense. Yeah, I, I think, Crystal, that's exactly why, like... Wesley does kind of work because it's like yeah bringing and like it's also the I feel like the show at the top tried to stray so far from Buffy but bringing Wesley in and like you know it's Wesley Cordelia and Angel are three main characters these are all Buffy characters and they kind of lean into like you said Philip they're figuring themselves out and they're like oh we can lean a little bit more into Buffy we can make it uh, like I thought the the twist of Barney being the actual bad guy when it's like a twist that he's not and then a twist that he is like did work. Right. And them being like, Oh, we can still do a noir mystery, but like we don't have to make it take itself so seriously. Totally. But yeah, so this episode, the the intro of Wesley truly, especially watching it, Dana. So I know you probably knew you knew Wesley was on the show, right? Yes. Yes. Did you know that that was him? No, because I've been trying, I've tried to keep myself like kind of spoiler free about it. Okay. Um, so I knew he was coming in at some point, and then and it made sense that if Doyle was gone, that they were going to replace him with someone. I didn't realize it would be so soon. Mm-hmm. Right. It is like very silly that it's like, ooh, this like leather clad motorcycle demon hunter. And it's like fucking Wesley. Like even mm-hmm. it, it, it's even like at the end when they're like saving Cordelia and he immediately falls over. It's like, but what the <laughs> hell was he doing on that motorcycle for? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, I, and Philip, you mentioned this. I like that we do at least get a little bit of grief here. We don't just like 
completely move on from Doyle's death. Like Cordelia, when she's like looking through the coffee cups and she's like, which one is Doyle's favorite? And Angel's like, he didn't really have a favorite. Um, I thought like we could have almost used a couple more of those scenes, but I did like that Angel's thing is to step into action. So he goes, we open on the oracles, right? Uh, yeah. So he, <laughs> he asks the oracles to rewind time to bring Doyle back, which makes perfect sense because we have literally seen two episodes ago them do do that right. exact thing. And I love that they're just like, no, uh, the plot requires that we say no. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was fine that time, but not this time. So no. <laughs> um, so a fun fact, which uh, Crystal and I know, Summer Bishler told us in I Will Remember You recording it, she was like, that guy looks familiar. And that guy did her, the guy, the male oracle did her headshots. He's a celebrity photographer now. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I love the oracles. I, I, and I know we only really see them in this season and they are more of like, they're, they're a, a signpost for like the, the very broad mythic right. fantasy that, that the show is going to give us more of. But I just love that the oracles, it's like, yeah, it's this woman with um, curly hair and her gay brother. Right. Just so <laughs> hanging around like in a in a in a like what like a, what is that like a Roman bathhouse or something? Oh, it was so it was so Zena ish. Yeah, scene. Zena, that's really accurate. <laughs> I know. I felt like I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Zena loved that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's just say it's not his first time hanging around a sauna. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, and so like I, I like I, I mean, I said this, and I will remember you. I think the oracles work as like a silly plot device really well because, like you said, Philip, it's like this like woman and her gay brother, and they're just like camping it up. I would have if we had them throughout most of the show as like Angel has to visit them a lot. I would have been down for that. We get a nice little Star Trek reference um, in that scene as well, and I, I'm, I'm a fucking nerd because maybe I'm just projecting this, but when Angel says uh, he was my friend. And the Lady Oracle says, uh, if that is true, then so shall that ever be. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's like in the Wrath of Khan when Spock sacrifices himself oh. and says, I am and always shall be your friend. Oh, I didn't even oh. think about that, Philip. Wow. Dang. That was some extreme nerding. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that was intentional. I, I feel like it must be, like, because Star Trek, like... That this like the like Buffy and Angel, and Angel have such um, Star Trek DNA in the sort of yes. The, the, there's there's connective tissue there, and I'm sure yeah, people who worked on these shows must have loved that stuff. Yeah, I do. Th- if you feel like it was a bunch of nerds writing these shows, Philip, I love when you out nerd me. I'm always impressed. <laughs> it, it doesn't happen often, so I'm very proud of that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then we get that scene with uh, Cordelia and Angel, and. Then we just cut to like, ooh, there's a mysterious man on a bike that we know is Wesley hunting down this demon who later we learn is named Barney. And I love that that's like the cut scene because also, and I mean, Cordelia does say this, Barney dresses like Doyle, but a lot of the like side characters do. So I can't tell if that was just like how they styled. It's um, a lot of the side characters are, and I know that this has come up in a previous episode where it's like, the writers have no idea what a worldly, slightly criminal man looks like. So they're like, life on Mars, you're going to dress like that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was going to say he dresses like when Angel put on his Hawaiian shirt to go undercover (laughs) at that pier. Chris and and I are never letting that go. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, it's like the writers are like, how do we subtly hint that something is like not quite what it seems? A Hawaiian shirt and a Long Island accent. (laughs) 
<laughs> or like a broad New York. I don't know where is where is Barney from? Is it New Jersey? Is it? We I don't, don't, I don't know. Yeah, could be New but Jersey. No idea. But this show really has something against people from that place, whatever it is. <laughs> um, so Philip, we've kind of, and this I feel weird even mentioning this without Summer being here. But The Magicians is one of the few genre shows that I think like made sure we saw the characters were grieving. And I was, I had forgotten that we even got any grief from Cordelia. Um, and I kind of do like that, right? Because it also like balances Cordelia well, where she's like upset about Doyle and she's like, I'm not leaving you alone, Angel. And then it's like, oop, I have an audition, gotta go. It's, it's, that's a great scene because, right? um, yeah, like, like and, 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 and once again, it's, you know, Angel um, is being angel and she's like no no you can't push me away that's not the healthy thing to do like we have to feel these feelings together we've both lost our friend and then it's like a very perfectly you know she's correct in that but it's a perfectly cordelia moment and she's like oh but i have an audition so like but i am coming back i am coming back (laughs) i identify so much with cordelia in angel (laughs) like too many ways it's it creeping me out (laughs) dana you would be the one telling me how to start a business so (laughs) (laughs) i also cry through an audition so oh my god i'm gonna I'll get there but that was that, that like broke my heart but also it's so funny <laughs> yeah <laughs> um she opens the door and she encounters barney and there is like a very i love that like she screams and he screams and he's like you scared me and she's like did you look in a mirror you scared me um i thought that was like very cute um and i love that barney is feeling himself and he's like yeah of course i look in the mirror yeah like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> And like, like you mentioned, Dane, I do think he's good, right? He's a great actor. Yeah. Um, again, if he hadn't have been the villain, I think he would have been a cool character to have, like, you know, hang out sometimes and stick around and be reoccurring. But season one was definitely not about that. Um, I yeah, mean, I like, totally couldn't remember watching it back. I was like, I feel like there's a twist. And then the, the first twist happens. I'm like, okay. And right. And it like even even having watched this before and not that long ago, I still couldn't remember kind of who was the villain and who wasn't, which means it was a pretty decent double bluff. Which yeah, good for Angel <laughs> because they didn't normally they didn't always do that so well. Uh-huh. <laughs> Considering like it's it was really sold as a mystery show, the mysteries were never very intricate. Yes. Um, and this is the first one where it's like, yeah, it's, it's a nice one-two punch. Um, you know, you've got Barney and then the con guy demon and Wesley all kind of at, like in play together. There's a, there's a, a fair bit going on, but it never overwhelms. No, no, no one thing overwhelms the other. It kind of, it, it, it works and then it's still resolved nicely in a big fight scene because these TV shows have to have a fight scene at the end. And it's like, yeah, it, it, it's good. And it's always like a, like I say, it's like a soft reboot, and it's like, this is what the show's going to be. Bit of yeah. mystery, bit of fantasy, bit of hijinks. Yeah, you're right. It is like a soft reboot. It really is. But yeah, no, I liked, I thought he was really good, for especially for a one-off character. Um, I kind of like that we we kind of get that he's an empath up front, because he's like, oh, good luck. And like he realizes she's nervous for an audition or whatever. Um, I also do like the idea of an empath being a villain. Like, I, I do mm. like that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just an empath. Um, yeah, and so, like, he tells Angel he's being followed. We assume it's this motorcycled man. Um, yeah, and then, uh, so then we do get, uh, you mentioned it, at the audition. Dana, what happens at the audition? <laughs> 
so Cordelia, like she's grieving and this is where it all starts coming out. So she's, she's, she's on the verge of tears. They, the people, uh, you know, the, the producers are like, well, that was kind of shitty. Let's try it again. (laughs) And then she has like this mind racking vision and she just, the way she delivers the lines (laughs) through it is so fantastic. But she starts having these, this vision and we know that, uh uh-oh, um, something has been transferred to Ms. Cordelia from, from Doyle. Did Dana, did you know that that happened on the show or no? No. No, you didn't? Okay. Um, yeah, and I, I kind of love that she doesn't stop like delivering the lines, even though she, she's just screaming them instead. <laughs> and they're like, well, thank you for that that change in... Thank you for taking direction. Yeah. Um, not the direction we wanted, but... <laughs> Um, I feel like Cordelia getting a vision is like one of my, like if I think of Angel, that's kind of what I will, yeah. that will be the image in my head of the mm-hmm. series in general. So it's kind of nice that we're getting into that, that zone of the show. Um, yeah. It's just, again, it's like, it's a beat shift and we're, I feel like we're getting into the real, the real Angel, which is great. Mm-hmm. I find watching that scene with Cordelia, like I did love it for its comedic effect, but I kind of... I want Cordelia to be good at things. I want her to be a good actress. I want, because she's so confident and so, she's the boss when she's with the Angel crew, you know? She doesn't take anything. I hate that she leaves that fold and she's a bit of a dweeb. It's like seeing her at that at that Hollywood party in the early episode one, maybe, and she doesn't yeah. know anyone. And she's awkward. I'm like, no, you're Cordelia. You're hot. <laughs> like everyone wants to, everyone wants you to be good at things. It's just it's frustrating to watch her struggle. But I actually like it for the opposite reason, Crystal. Like I like that she's not good at these things because she's Cordelia fucking Chase, right? So you expect her to be like so good at so many things, but she she's not like acting it's not her gig uh-huh. this this what's happening now what will happen to her you know in the future that is her gig uh-huh. but i will say i do love that even if she's not the most gifted actress she understands the assignment and she shows up wearing stepford wife drag to <laughs> the, to the <laughs> <same> be gone audition <laughs> it is a gorgeous outfit I, I, I do kind of uh, agree with Crystal. I'm always like, I always hated that she was a bad actor. Like, I always wanted her to be good at it since that's like her dream. And I hate that later when Barney's reading her, that he's like, and you even know you're a bad actor. I'm like, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want her to think she's a bad actor. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's not in Cordelia's character to even to, if she is bad, to re- recognize that she's right. bad. Because, yeah. Like, I just, I guess what I'm saying is I want her to be a little bit arch camp like an emma frost where she's absolutely fantastic at everything that she does and i realize that's completely unrealistic for a character but it is it is (laughs) is fun to watch yeah yeah um and we just stand cordelia so much it's like i don't want her to fail and like (laughs) um barney's telling him about the man on the motorcycle chasing him blah 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 he doesn't know if it's a demon um, and he even says to Angel, like, I'm a demon, I'm evil, sure, but I'm not, you know, evil. Evil. Um, and then enter Cordelia, and Crystal, what is her first thing that she does? She gives Angel a big kiss, I love it, it's great. <laughs> it's And, I, I don't know, I, I, I knew exactly what was going on, but it's just really fun to watch Angel right. reacting to that, yeah. 
Right. Yeah, I love him like mumbling him like, um, you're just uh, you're uh, just grieving. Uh, so uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I so what I love about this scene, I mean, other than the way that she walks in and looks at him, like he is a piece of cake. Um, <laughs> like she is vamping there where yeah. she was not in the audition. But it's that Cordelia has already figured out exactly what has happened with the kiss and the visions. Like she is not being she's not coming to Angel being like, Oh, I don't know what's happening to me. Yeah. She's smart. She this is where her capability is. And so we get straight to the physical comedy of her just trying to kiss every man she sees. And all <laughs> I will say is, it's a shame that the entire cast of this show outside of Cordelia is male, or this might have won a GLAD award. <laughs> <laughs> Dana, do you think they would have actually had her kiss a girl if there was a girl on the cast? Oh gosh. Um let's see. This would have this would have taken place what season Four three, of Buffy. Three, four of Buffy. Okay. No. No. Not yet. Because <laughs> I'm wondering if they would have been able to do it because it's like funny, so it's not actually uh, gay. It w- it, only if it had been sweeps week. <laughs> yeah. And, and also it's like, oh, it's not like a romantic kiss. It's a trying to pass on a curse kiss. So that's, like, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine if you're trying to curse the gay person. Um, but yeah, I love that. Like she kisses him. And then I love that Barney comes out of the bathroom and she first she kisses him too because she does that same look Philip that you're talking about she does it every time and I love it (laughs) but she like makes eye contact and was like all right we're doing this like and because again if there's one thing Cordelia Chase knows how to do is lock down a man yeah yeah (laughs) this is her wheelhouse (laughs) like she's hot she's got great hair of course like she's like I'll make direct eye contact okay can we just say Cordelia's hair in this episode, and I know I bring it up every single time, but uh, you are grieving the, lo- <laughs> the loss of like one of the only two friends you have in this city, and you are still conditioning in the morning. Oh, Good yeah. for you. That updo would have taken like a full hour. <laughs> <laughs> right? Her hair, like I, I always wonder how long because there's she, her hair is so thick and like uh-huh. it's like gorgeous, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the up, the really intricate updo for her audition scene is really, it's really something. Yeah, yeah. But it was a national campaign, so it was worth so, going to the salon yes, for. Yeah, it is, it is. <laughs> she, played, she played to her strengths there. Uh-huh. <laughs> I have trouble, like, my hair is, like, pretty flat, and I have trouble sometimes getting my, like, knot to look cute, and I'm like, God, that would take fucking forever if you had that much hair. Uh-huh. It's, oh, God, and when it's curly, it's even harder. It's oh, just... It's... <laughs> 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 um, but I, I just I love that I, and, and this episode and, and then kind of moving forward I just I really love that how Cordelia was originally introduced to us in Buffy was to show us what Buffy used to be like before she was the Slayer mm-hmm. and now Cordelia is being given the exact same arc of she's got this new power and a destiny she never asked for and it's we get to watch a completely different kind of character go on that same journey and I have to say, she's largely more mature about the entire thing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So petty. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. I, I think about like Room with a View, right? How she like, when she tells the ghost off and she's like, I'm not this whiny little cry Buffy. Like she still has time to be petty, but also is like, I'm going to embrace this and I'm going to tell you off. Fuck you. Like... Yeah, it's 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 very it's very X Men. It's very like yeah. yeah, you know, you find out like who you really are when you get these powers, and you do like different characters deal with it in different ways. And I I just I love that even though she's like 
Buffy is a good person. Buffy's a superhero. Buffy, like, is my ally. But we're not friends. I don't like her. (laughs) Yes. It is very that, right? (laughs) Like, she's, we'll fight evil together, but I'm not going to, like... I've gone to brunch with tons of people I don't like. You know? (laughs) (laughs) That's just being like a queer person. Yeah. (laughs) That is the queer experience. (laughs) So so she's kissed Barney and Angel's like, listen, Cordelia, can you take care of this empath demon? Right. And um, I'm going to go check out his his place. (laughs) Um, And I do love that he gets a like jokey dig at her and he's like and behave i don't want to come back with you two necking on the couch (laughs) (laughs) that's like for me that's like when i'm like oh their chemistry is good because she just like gives him a look like fuck you um but like you know they're friends and they're being jokey and like that's the kind of shit i love between them that does make me like them as a potential couple because they do feel comfortable with each other right Yes, and, yes. And I, I think, you know, you can probably put that down to like a, a nice little bit of trauma bonding. They've both just lost the same person. It's right. going to bring them closer, blah, 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 blah. Um, and they both went through everything in Sunnydale together, so. Right. Yeah. But then Angel goes to Barney's apartment, and who does he meet? We find out that our leather-clad motorcycle man is Wesley Wyndham Price. <laughs> Which is the world's tiniest crossbow. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I do love how dead serious he's being. He's like, if you make any move and angels just slaps the crossbow out of his hand, he's like, right, you want a question <laughs> <laughs> that I do like, they, just, um, they make him so pathetic in this episode. Like it really so is dialed much. up to 11 and, and, and they go, and they go there repeatedly in season one. And then I think in season two, it's like, okay, we find the right balance for that. Yes. Yes. I, that's why I know, I know people do love Wesley's arc, and Dana, I will be curious what you think, because he does have a pretty good arc on the show, but because we got so little of him, it's not like Cordelia, where we had three seasons of her before she was on right, Angel. Right. To me, it's like that trope of like pretty girls falling. Like, oh, pretty girls <laughs> falling, it's so funny. And it's like, oh, the proper British guy bumbling right. and, and you know, he, he's the pretty girl, right? He's falling <laughs> all over the place. And I'm like, okay, this is, it's just not working for me, Wesley. <laughs> Wesley, get it together. There are vampires and demons around. Right. I mean, um, at a certain point, it's like he's got an inner ear infection or something. Like he is falling over nothing. He's totally got vertigo. He does. <laughs> like, take Angel, take him to a doctor. Something. God. An inner ear and some orange juice or something. <laughs> I um, had an inner ear infection. They're no joke. They're not. They are definitely not. <laughs> Maybe that's uh, what the viscous or yellow liquid was. Because- mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so we learn that it's Wesley. I I love Angel's demeanor with Wesley in this whole scene because he's very like, uh-huh, whatever. Like Wesley's just like kind of an annoyance, right? Like he's not really threatened by him. He doesn't really care. He's just kind of like, well, I'm still investigating. So, um, and I like that because a lot of times they'll have these characters like come in all chest puffy and whatever, but he's just kind of like, Oh, it's you or right, whatever angel. He tells angel about like, Oh, I'm tracking this demon. And we find, we find out he's hasn't been tracking Barney. He's been tracking a different demon that has like this viscous that comes out and angels like, like the one dripping on your shoulder. And we see the demons on the ceiling. We got a fight. He does get shot by the crossbow, right? He does get shot. And then we cut to Cordelia, and Crystal, what is she doing? Is she chatting with Barney? She's sketching. 
<laughs> well, this is a this is a great scene because um, yes, because I feel like again it's doing that thing that Buffy was always so good at, which is like the demon of the week will somehow be used or the problem of the week to like develop the character's feelings or the narrative that's happening in the larger show. And it's almost like they remembered that they could do that in this show. And they're like, what if the, what if there's an empath thing and we can actually get to explore some of the feelings that these people are having about this death? Um, I, I like that. I like, I like a device and I like that. I like when a supernatural device can kind of support the plot and it's not just silly monster of the week, but um, there's a point. Yes. And that's, I, I I really like that scene. I, I like legitimately do because I do like, you know, she snaps at him and then she does apologize, right? She's mm-hmm. like, sorry, I'm going through like, and she describes in a really sweet way. And this is what, this is where Charisma Carpenter is really good, right? She's good at being jokingly biting and then also sincere. Uh, so when she's like, you know, he, he drank too much, blah, 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 blah. But then she says nice things about him. And then she's like, well, he smelled a little bit. It reminds me of you. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I did like that. And that's when I was like, when she says he reminds me of you, I was like, okay, maybe they did style him like Doyle on purpose. I don't know. Um, I think that's literally the, like Doyle's wardrobe. Right? Like, it really <laughs> does look like one of his jackets. Mm-hmm. Um, he, it's kind of cool, though, how he, well, well, Cordelia is seeing this as like this really negative thing. He, I mean, he's a demon. So to him, these gifts are like sacred. Yeah. And so he's trying to encourage her to look at this as like this really special thing that Doyle did instead of like, you know, sticking her with this, you know, shitty situation. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, I, I, that's the thing that Angel, one of the few things that I would say Angel does do a little bit better than Buffy is like, oh, demon stuff can be good, right? And I like that. Obviously, Barney ends up being, like, the villain of the week, but this is a point of view that the show takes more and more moving forward, that a lot of demons are just people trying to live their own lives. And especially, Mm -hmm. you know, after the episode we just had with the very clumsy um, Holocaust metaphor, um, (laughs) you really, you understand, and especially, you know, with with the loss that they've just had with Doyle, who was a demon, you understand why Angel's impulse is to help him. And why yeah. Cordelia's impulse is to help him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, yeah, it's just sort of, it's very much like this is where it's like that, that nuance is one of the things that the show Angel um, becomes more accomplished at than Buffy, which was always much more about the, the black and white, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dana, I'm curious what you think as someone who has not watched Angel yet. Yeah, there's a lot more familiarity and kind of like... It, 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 there's a lot of gray areas from Angel, mm. in Angel that there that did not exist in Buffy. I totally agree with you guys, um, and you do get to see sides of these these demons and you know creatures um, that normally would have just been like shot down with a with a spell or a stake. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and like I do think that's the one place where I'm like, yes, continue that difference from Buffy. Like I do like I do like that. But okay, so then, oh, then so Angel and Wesley walk in, and I love that before she even realizes it's Wesley, Cordy, Cordy gets up to kiss him. <laughs> I, this oh my this God, is yes. the hair scene. This is the hair scene. She look. this is the best she has ever looked. I don't know. I'm sure she will again in another episode, like next week. But right now I'm like, I could not believe how stunning she is as she's walking over to Wesley. It's right. outrageous. 
and, <laughs> and he just gets so swept up in it. And of course uh-huh. you would. I mean, I, I know that like there was a big joke at the end of season three of Buffy that their flirtation really led to them having no chemistry, but they are both so good looking. It must be so hard to act like you don't have chemistry with somebody when you are both really hot and just pashing away like that. <laughs> so true. Yeah. So how like what's the age difference meant to be with these I characters? Know. <laughs> like uh, I always I, thought Wesley was like freshly 30. <laughs> right. Right. So that was pretty weird that he was making out with a high school student. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. It was she, not, she, hadn't, yeah. she hadn't even yeah. graduated when they had that first kiss. Um yeah. I do I although in this episode I think because this show maybe has, you know, is bringing in viewers that weren't watching Buffy. They have a line where Barney ages her up a bit. And he's like, you're, you're what? Like you're in your early twenties. And it's like, Oh, are we just saying that moving forward? Because Cordelia, like Buffy's like, Oh, college is hard. And Buffy's like, I'm trying to run a business. And also like migraines that are going to eventually rot half my brain. So I'm right. just going to be more of a grown up than you. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, that's, that's always like for me, the problem with remembering they're not supposed to be the same age because they do look like, it's not yeah. like either of them look old, but they do look around 30. Um, uh-huh. she, she does not look like she is 18 years old. No. She looks no. like she's a, a, a very good 26. Yes. Yeah. yeah like they, it doesn't look like there would be an age difference where you're like, Ugh. so I do have to like remind myself of that. Well, I guess what I'm saying is it's, it's appropriate for the show to kind of pretend that they're the same age now. Yeah. Which I yeah. think they're basically doing a bit of hand waving and a, we don't need to worry about that so much. And I think because, yeah, a- Angel, the show is about redemption. It's not about growing up. So they, they really do just age Cordelia up. And I think they probably never really mention again yeah. how young she is. Like she, she is a peer of Wesley and Angel. Yeah. yeah. I almost feel like, right. Yeah. Moving forward, they like do not mention it and they just act like everyone's around the same age, which like, I don't know. Does it, it doesn't really bother me for me. I'm like, all right, that's fine. Right. Cause it's like um, the, act, the actors have grown the up. They've gotten older. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I remember watching this episode, you know, back in what, like 2001 or whenever it would have been and mm. being really shocked because in one scene you can see that Cordelia has a tramp stamp. And I was like, oh, yeah, I oh my God, she's 18 and she's already got a tattoo. Oh my God. Like <laughs> when, Cordelia wouldn't get a tattoo. Cordelia would think that tattoo on, tattoos on men are hot. Tattoos on girls are tacky. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, she's she's so like grown up, just having a hot girl summer getting tattoos. <laughs> yeah, I feel like a lot of, because Sam Richard Geller has one too, and you can see it in season six, like you see it a couple of times um, in that same spot. I mean, it, as, as, as Dana just said, it was the 90s or the early 2000s. <laughs> that was an on purpose uh, Goldie Hawn quote, right, Dana? Oh, from Ma. First um, Life Club. Club, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, we make we make allowances for our faves. And they do, like, our little catch-up. I love that Wesley's like, oh, it's so nice to see you. And he's like, I'm a rogue demon hunter. And she says, what's a rogue demon? <laughs> I, I I just, I, the fun they have with that, uh, yes. that, that moniker is, like, he might as well just say, I'm not, like, a regular demon hunter. I'm a rogue demon hunter. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, like, bloody um, Amy Poehler in, in Mean Girls. It's just like it's so stupid and it never lands and the leather outfit and the way that it chafes his legs um 
just so stupid. And, and again, like that outfit on, even on that actor, if he performed it differently, would be really hot. Yeah. But because he's being such a nerd about it, it's, oh, it's yeah. just very, it's like it's he's, very funny. It's like he's wearing garbage bags instead of leather. he's just so uncomfortable in it (laughs) and he's been on a motorbike for god knows how many like weeks chasing this demon across the country so it's just like oh god what what must that situation be like underneath horrific (laughs) (laughs) philip ew it's a soup in there (laughs) (laughs) um and i then so angel's like angel's going to barney's I'm not sure if it's his apartment or hotel room. I don't remember which. Whatever. doesn't matter. Um, um, oh, no, no. So, no. so he met Wesley at the apartment. Um, and now... Um, now they're and this back. Is like, oh, right. Yeah. Now he's going to Koreatown. Right. That's where Korea he's going. Koreatown. Because, because the demon's Asian. So where else yeah. would he go? But <laughs> Well, and finally, you know, we actually get what Wesley does well, and that's research. And so he's right. like, oh, no, I think we know what kind of demon this is. Let's Let's go find him. Yeah, and like I do, like you said, Dana, I do like that because it's like, yes, he is good at something. That is something he would, as a watcher, like have to be good at, right? Right. <laughs> um, we can't have him bumble oh, yeah. in research. The addition of Wesley kind of gives everyone on the show a purpose where it was kind of unclear previously what everyone's job was. Yeah. You know what I mean? As In terms of like, what's my plot device? Um, <laughs> now everyone has one. Yeah, right. And Angel Angel feeling his broody self is, of course, feeling guilt over Doyle. So he doesn't want anyone to go with him as he goes to track down this demon. I mean, I would not want Wesley to go with me simply because I know I'd have to take care of him during the whole situation. <laughs> but he was like, no, I'm, I'm doing this alone. And they're like, OK, that's not how it's going to work, Angel. <laughs> so, yeah, so he goes to Koreatown to like a spa bathhouse type thing. This um, episode just loves bathhouses. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> that was another great moment with that reveal of that demon being like, do you yes. know where the steam room is or whatever? Just like, that's another Buffyism. It's just silly. It's fun. It's like, yes, more of that. More of that. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I love that it's like, especially like a very like devilly looking demon with like, and he's just like, where, where are they? Where's that at? And Angel's like, Ugh. Um, <laughs> I, I, that is that is shit that's like fun, right? They let themselves have fun. Like, sure, you can take it seriously that he's investigating a demon, but like have like a little silly thing, right? Mm-hmm. Well, because as this episode establishes, like a lot of demons are just trying to get on with their lives and, right. you know, get like a nice deep tissue massage. Right, right. Yeah, exfoliating peel. Yeah, <laughs> this poor Kungai demon, like he was just minding his own business when his, his horn gets stolen and he's dying. And luckily, Wesley has some understanding of the language he's speaking. So they get bits and pieces of of what happened to this to this demon okay so speaking of the language barrier um i was reading up on this episode and apparently while the man at the front desk at the sauna and the woman in the sauna are both speaking korean david boreanaz's lines are actually just gibberish oh my god really yeah yeah (laughs) god (laughs) that's so grim it's, so it's really so bad and it's just like it's the most 2001 thing ever yeah. I was like, oh yeah like no one's gonna know Who, who's yeah. gonna care uh, that's i mean i was cringing when they said it's an asian demon because that was already like <laughs> right. that's incredibly unspecific um <laughs> and then to have him just speaking gibberish oof oof yeah. that's bad 
That I mean, you're right though. That is very two uh, thousands. <laughs> Imagine yeah. though that, that she'd just been like, "I'm sorry, what?" Because <laughs> also, why would Angel speak Korean? Right. Yeah. And like, <laughs> as he spent like we've we've never heard of him spending time in Korea, right? Like, whatever. Sure. He, sure. It turns yeah. out he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, it turns out. <laughs> Oh, that is- maybe that's it. Like they're just like, oh, that, that the white guy is here, but he's giving us cash, so just like point him in the right direction. <laughs> yeah. Let him pretend he's saying the right things. Um, but I do like that. So this is kind of interspersed with Cordelia and Barney, right? As mm. as Wesley arrives and he's like, I can I speak this language. We're getting Barney and Cordelia, and she like serves him some tea because prior to this, we we get him making a phone call where he's like. Uh, found something better than whatever the demon was that he was hunting. And I do hate him getting super nasty with Cordelia. That's another point when I'm like, I want her to read him for filth. Like, Mm. tell him what an asshole he is. Uh, I mean, she gets a good kick in, but he smacks her hard. Yeah. Twice, yeah. Yeah. Um, Uh, And and it's the way that when he turns on that dime, he, it's not that, it's not a subtle performance at all. He is like twirling his mustache. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And just like reading her for filth, and it's like, oh, but no, like you were. It was such a good performance when you were being nice. Like that speech about Doyle leaving Cordelia, the most precious thing he had to his name, like almost brought me to tears. And now it's like, oh, now you're just like a gross, grubby, like yeah. Oh, I can't wait for you to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like. I just I hate all the things he says to her, but I. I do like, like you mentioned, Dana, I do like that she's like, pretends to have a vision because she is smart. And she's like, oh, oh yeah. you're in trouble. You're... And then she like knees him in the nuts. And I she's was like, She's got yes. out of stickier spots. <laughs> yeah. I was like, good for you. Um, but yeah, so it's, the demon tells Wesley that it's, what, what was it? A human heart, what, forget what he, what's the word he says? Human heart reader or something? Oh, oh yeah. Reader, heart reader. Right. So empath. So they figure out pretty, pretty quickly that it's, it's actually Barney. But they get to the apartment and He's, you know, Cordelia's already gone. And we see Cordelia waking up to what she saw in her vision, which I appreciated. I didn't even need them to go back to that. I had no, I like forgot about it at this point. And I was like, oh, that statue she's looking at, which by the way, looks a lot like one of the statues that comes to life in Beetlejuice. Um, (laughs) Oh my God. It's an original Catherine (laughs) O'Hara. My God. Really? It's a Delia, a Delia, um. Delia Dietz. Delia Dietz. Delia Dietz. I feel like I never felt older. (laughs) I never felt older than when the internet was like, oh my God, the mom from Schitt's Creek was in Beetlejuice. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) She's a thousand years old. (laughs) She was also in this thing called Home Alone. (laughs) (laughs) I love that Angel's like, oh, I know that thing. That's Maiden with Urn. Like, (laughs) like, this one is. (laughs) <laughs> does angel think he knows art like angel knows thinks yeah, he knows ex- korean exactly. <laughs> oh <my> god <laughs> um, give us give us the season where angel's a korean art critic right <laughs> oh my god but when they open that computer to look to try to find where this meeting with Ernest, i screamed out loud i was like you know it took them like 20 minutes just to load this website <laughs> Yes. Oh, and, uh, that whole bit is like they're, they're they're still pretending for a little while longer that this is a detective show. 
<laughs> because they have to like track something down to a hotel but it's like we're gonna it's fine we're gonna get rid of this like uh conceit very very soon so don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> it really is right. like we'll be done with this don't worry <laughs> and then and then wesley realizes that word that he was trying to figure out which has this click in it he was like oh it means um it means auction so they like <laughs> Okay, great. So they figure out that there's some sort of auction happening when they're going to auction off uh, Cordelia. Yeah, and we find out that's where she is, right? Um, I love the auction, though. The the that like just <laughs> ramshackle grouping of humans and and uh, demons is so great. Oh my god! So the, great. The, the, I couldn't figure out if it, if it was a woman or a man or somebody in drag basically like like the one all in black sat next to the one with the white hair and i was like mm-hmm. oh it's the cure yeah it's <laughs> fantastic just it's fantastic a fantastic bit of campy i was like oh there are gay people in this show uh-huh. <laughs> and of right, course the- we get the wolfram and hart lawyer yes. who is yes. very very hot yeah um sorry What's funny is that law firm firm only hires tens. Only tens. She's a ten, but she works for an evil law firm. Evil law firm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, Yeah, and what's funny is in my brain, I thought this was. I was like, oh, this is where Lila shows up. Like in my brain, the the woman lawyer was Lila, but I guess we still don't. We still haven't met many of the Wolfram and Hart lawyers yet. We haven't met Lila yet. No. No, so she comes up in The Ring, which is, I think, like, a couple of episodes from this. Oh, is that the one that's her first one? Okay. Yeah, and I only know that because I've been, I've very recently been been watching sort of the post-Doyle episodes. Um, and, I mean, I, I could get very distracted talking just about how hot she is in that episode specifically. But we're going to get back to the auction. <laughs> and Cordelia is indignant that she is fetching such a low oh, price at the auction. And... It's just so her. It's so her. Right? Like, if I'm going to die, if you're going to take my eyes out, you better pay good money for me. <laughs> for real. <laughs> I, I, I like, that's just like, it just is very like quintessential Cordelia being like, excuse me, like, you better pay more for me. And I love that she's like mocking the crowd too. <laughs> it's like, if, if, if there's one thing that she has always been good at, it's knowing her own worth. Right. Yes. So she's going to let them know. <laughs> Absolutely. She's still pissed at the end of this. But and then but then Angel and Wesley figure out where they're supposed to be and of course we get Angel vamping out because yeah. um, he gets pissed and uh, uh running through this hotel. I I, I don't know. I, I for me this is another thing where it's like it's a weird idea but I it works really well of like an auction of like mystical items. Like I, I think that works and I almost like I don't know. I that's the kind of shit that Angel does that I do like where it's like Oh, just this like group of like you know. I mean, it does turn violent when the two like goth drag queens are like betting against each other and then they fight. But like, I kind of like that it's just a bunch of demons like you know trying to pay for trying to buy mystical shit. Oh, and we don't we don't mention that the 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 Kungai's uh, horn is sold before Cordelia. Right. Yes. And we get to see exactly what that does later on, right? But yeah, yeah, it's it's a fun like a kind of it's a it's like a twist on the goblin market in uh, you know sort of folklore, and it's just like it's a nice nod to there is a much wider world in this show, and we're we're only seeing glimpses of it. You know that there's this whole other kind of um, demi monde in in Los Angeles that we are not party to. Yeah, it um, makes you wonder why Buffy spends all her time 
at the Hellmouth. Like, there's so much else going on. Right. <laughs> we need yeah. more than yeah. one player. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, because they say there's so much demonic activity because of the Hellmouth, but, like, there are a lot of demons in L.A. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, so... God, where the hell? <laughs> um, oh, okay, so yeah, so Angel and Wesley storm in, um, and Angel's just like knocking over all these priceless exhibits that people have just bought. And earlier we saw Wesley taping a knife to his leg, and he <laughs> then can't get it out. <laughs> and he's just like falling, <laughs> o- falling over. Um, he, he manages to free Cordelia, and then he starts brawling with Barney. Um, but then he, Barney gets he never gets the knife free, does he? No, no, it's, no, it's still there. Season five, end of that season, he's, he is st- it's still on there. Well, he grabs, he's able to grab the horn and yeah. undo Cordelia, but we find out uh, that this is going to be a big, uh, this is a very big episode for Cordelia because not only does she now have mystical powers, she's just made her first demon kill. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I actually forgot the whole conceit of what the horn does. I just thought, that was kind of what that man like, you know how, like va- your life force. I kind of you know how like vamps get dusted. I was like, oh, I guess that's how that breed of demon dies. They like curl up into whatever uh, crispy whatever. They, um, they do die like the wicked witch of the west. <laughs> <laughs> but you are right. It is very much because of the horn. But also, oh, also, so the reason her like auctioning is delayed because Wolfram and Hart just wants the eyes removed. Right? right. The lawyer says she'll pay extra. So they have to take more time, which buys uh, Angel and I almost said Doyle Wesley more time. I kind of like. I'm glad that even though Cordelia didn't get like her big moment with Barney, that she was the one to kill him, right? Because like after all, like he was the one that like beat her up and kidnapped her and like dragged her. Like I was glad that she was able to be like the one to get like the last laugh with him. Definitely, and it's it is quite nice that like the demon that died in vain kind of also got justice right. a little bit through yeah. the death yeah and it's cute she like hugs him but i do yeah the 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 wesley bumbling is a little much for me i'm like all right come on yeah. Like. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah so in the next scene um we get that lovely moment where cordelia frames the sketch and it's like you know a piece of doyle is is still with them i really like that and then wesley ruins it because he's like oh, i've got to hit the road and <laughs> My only friends are the, the, the wind and the rain. And the, 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 and, it, and it's just like, I don't know. I don't know. It's just like, it'll take a while for his self-serious version of comic relief to, to mesh with um, the other two characters. But then we also get them sitting down to breakfast together. And I, I really did love that as a way of, it's like a nice shorthand for the family unit that Cordelia and Angel built together with Doyle. They're now like welcoming Wesley into it as well. Vaguely welcoming. <laughs> you're like see you're like see you later whatever <laughs> yeah <laughs> they, yeah they just don't care they're like i mean there's there's coffee and eggs or like you can fuck off either way yeah. like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like they were indifferent to either scenario yeah and i, I kind of love that i do love that he's like well gotta go and cordelia literally just like popping something through food in her mouth and is like well keep in touch bye like <laughs> <laughs> but they are like, yeah, either sit down, eat the eggs, or leave, but we're eating. Um, and I do think that was a really nice scene to be like, this is a new family unit. Um, and like, I I will not lie, that scene made me a little emotional just like knowing where the show goes, and like the three of them are such a important characters 
for the show and like Wesley becomes so important and what Wesley and Cordelia go through. I was just like, man, this is nice. They don't get a lot of like nice moments, right? Where they just get to like and, and be Angel's friends. the one that's cooking for them and Angel doesn't eat. And yeah. it's just like yeah. it, it it shows that he's really growing as a character as well. That he, you know, the at the start of the show, Doyle literally said to him, like, you you need to connect with people. And so this is him doing that. Oh, Tim finally oh, listening to Doyle. Nice. I kind of like that. Yeah, I, I, and I, I like Cordelia, like having the the frame picture of the like vision she had. I just think it's like a very nice end, and it is like a very nice start to the soft reboot of the show, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're like remembering Doyle, we're not forgetting him, but we're bringing in a new family member. Can I ask a spoiler question, Dana? Plug your ears. Oh yeah, no do worries. The, do. Do Cordelia and Wesley ever have like a thing ever again? They don't, do they? That that's no. that's it. Totally done now. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That's kind of nice too. That it's like there's nothing there. It's very much more like um, Angel and Wesley are, are her like overprotective older brothers for yeah. the next season or so until Cordelia and Angel yeah you know, grow closer. Yeah, and I, I I do like that. What do you? Dana, what do you think of that? Do you would you have liked if there was a little bit of will they won't they with her and Wesley or no? No, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> right? It feels like Cordelia is, especially this version of Wesley, Cordelia would be like, oh, please. Like, right? Yeah. yeah. She's <laughs> she's seen a bit more of the world and she can see right through. I mean, I can see where she would be so much more simpatico with Angel. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. So I guess uh, we're at the end of the episode. Um what was your favorite scene, Philip? I think my favorite scene is Barney before he kind of flips the switch and puts on his villain mask, um, saying to Cordelia, "Well, it sounds like Doyle had you know very few possessions, and he gave you something very precious to him, um, and he trusted you." And it's just like, oh yeah, I really, even though he ends up being an absolute baddie, um, I really I love that because it's true. Yeah, you know, I kind of, both these shows do that well, where it's like the outsider is able to say the thing that's like the 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 main characters need to hear that aren't they aren't thinking about, right? Like, yeah. that's how, like, Spike ends up being part of the group, and Anya, like, and even Cordelia with Buffy is the outsider, and she's able to be like, oh my god, you're all being stupid. So I do like, yeah, I really like that too. Uh, Crystal, what was your favorite scene? I loved that scene as well. I think it was really powerful, but uh, I'm going to go for the campery of a demon auction. And <laughs> it's just, yeah, I love that. I love that moment. Fabulous. Uh, Dana? Uh, I'm with Crystal, demon auction. It was just, I could I could watch a whole spinoff of just like, you know, yeah, a whole bunch, of, whole bunch of demons like doing stuff in LA. <laughs> oh my God. Like flog it, but with, with like gremlins. I love it. <laughs> and, antique throne <laughs> I would watch that. Uh-huh. Um, I think my favorite scene is the end. I just love the meeting breakfast together. I'm like, mm, I love these characters. Um, and I feel like, you know, we've been trudging through the beginning of Angel and it is a rough start, but this episode and it's, you know, it's not by nowhere near the best episode of the series, but it's remi- it like reminded me, oh shit, I do love this. Sh-. Like, you know what I mean? It was a nice reminder to be like, Wesley's here. The family's all settled. Um, moving forward, you know, we will just add characters. We won't be like losing anyone. And the show just feels a lot more confident at this point, even though we do get clunkers after this, this feels like the most confident they are. The first time they're confident in season one in what the show is. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I just, I, I do really like that end moment. Uh, 
favorite, we'll probably all don't have the same one, favorite outfit, Crystal? Oh, it's got to be Goth Demon. It's got to be Goth Demon. Oh, oh shit. Oh, no, I, I, I think I know what you're talking about, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, Dana, what's your, what was your favorite outfit? Okay, I'm going to go for Cordelia's um, cut out, not quite the shoulder mm-hmm. of the sweater, but like right below, like where you can see just a little bit of like her tricep. Yeah. It's army green. Dana, remind me. I can't remember. Was that more in the style back then, or was that just like a weird shirt even then? Um, well, that was, I, that was definitely a thing. I, I remember people wearing stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, but I like, wore the stuff whole, like that. <laughs> the holes would have been on the shoulders and not like kind of like in a random place, but I, I think it's kind of a cool shirt. Yeah. Uh, Philip? Well, Cordelia is fashion forward, and, and she would not have cutouts in the same place as everybody else. Um, <laughs> So there is a lot of great storytelling going on with clothing in this episode. So you've got, you know, Barney wearing the um, basic, basic like Doyle drag. Um, you could even, if you, you could even have like a, a, a theory where it's like, oh, because he's an empath, um, he, he wears something like that when he shows up at the office because he knows it'll get him closer mm-hmm. to, you know, Angel and Cordelia. Uh-huh. Um, you've got Wesley's horrendous leather outfit um but then also once he has like a bit of a moment of reckoning with himself he shows up again dressed like the man from del monte um, <laughs> and that's that's how we see him for the rest of the season um yeah. and then you've got just like angel in a very classic black cable knit um so it's been a good episode for clothes but i'm gonna have to go with the olive green sweater with the yeah. cutout shoulders yeah same I, I i think she looks cute in it it's weird it almost i mean you mentioned star trek earlier philip i i feel like it looks almost like something a casual wear from star trek like yes, deanna, deanna yeah. troy might wear that at her home right oh and she would look great in it yeah yeah, yeah. and with similar hair just black, yes. black curls. Yeah. yes yes <laughs> <laughs> um what grade do we give the episode dana um I'm going to say a B. All right, fair. Philip? Um, I'm going to say a B plus um, because it is definitely the strongest episode that I've been on to talk about since we started covering Angel. Mm. Um, so it's it's been a nice change of pace for that. But I also know that things are really going to get better from here. All right. Uh, Crystal? Um, I'm going to give it a B. All right, fair. I think that's my highest. I think that's my highest score yet. <laughs> I think it is, Crystal. I think, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I like. It was just so nice to watch those episodes. It was like, oh, this episode is like comfortable in the story they're telling. This episode, uh-huh. it right. It just like again, it's not the best episode of the show, but it, so far, it was like, ah, oh, this is nice. Yeah, <laughs> nothing feels too forced. Everything yeah. is like finding a pace. There's some familiarity, <laughs> and they're they're doing some of the Buffy stuff, which yeah. is what made the show so good. So yeah. Uh, I give it a B plus. Um, yeah, I think I, I think I might have given one or two of the episodes that same grade. Um, so thank you all for joining me. Uh, Dana, I'm so happy that you were here for your first full episode. Yes, glad I could be here before my life turns into more chaos. <laughs> um, and uh, thank you all for listening. If you like us, you can find Slayer Fest 98 on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. If you want to support us on Patreon, we are going through Harley Quinn Season 2 and What If, and we have a bunch of episodes on other random movies and shows. Uh, Any and all support is much appreciated. We also have a Discord server for our Patreon. And uh, if you want to follow us on social media, we are at SlayerFestX98. If you want to follow me, I am at Ian X Carlos. Dana, where can everyone find you? 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Dana Pickley, and you can also find me writing and doing all sorts of stuff at News Is Out, which is brand new queer media collaborative between seven queer media publishers. Crystal, where can people find you? You can find me at Crystal. We'll see you now on all those good uh, social media platforms. And I also have a podcast called The Things That Made Me Queer, where we talk about all of the weird and wonderful things that make people who they are. And Philip? You can find me in the Korean bathhouse. Um, <laughs> failing, failing that, you can find me on Twitter at Philip underscore Ellis. That's Philip with one L, Ellis with two. And on Instagram at Philip Ellis. All right, cool. Well, thank you all, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you, buddy.